0: interesting how things work out that song uh, kind of fits tonight or part of the thought tonight so that was that, that's a blessing let's see God work things out mark chapter 4 we're going to read verse 35 to 41 not sure which passage Justin spoke on last week it possibly could have been this one but um, I'll explain more in just a sec so let's read uh, mark 4 verse 35 to 41 the Bible reads And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish?' And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Why don't we pray and we'll ask God to encourage us tonight. Lord, we do thank you for... Church, I thank you for the meal that we've just had. It was, it was wonderful. I appreciate that. Thank you for those that spent time in, in preparation for that. pray you bless them for that. We thank you for the time we can now and, and just gather around your word. We thank you for the songs we've been able to sing and encourage us. And uh, just pray for our prayer time later that we can, that we, that we can pray to you and, and to honour you in that. Please just bless the night we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Put that back on. That was pretty cool, no? All right. Well, there you go. You don't often... That wasn't... I know that wasn't Slim Dusty, but it sounded something like that. All right. Now I've got your attention. That was planned. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Where do I go from there? All right. Recently... Um, I had the opportunity to preach up at Sunshine Baptist Church uh, on the Sunshine Coast and I preached from this passage and also from from a passage in in Matthew chapter 14 Um, and I talked about the power of the storm and little did I know that when I preached that, the week before, their pastor preached exactly the same passages and uh, he was was dumbfounded that, that the very similar sort of thoughts came out within my message to what he preached. And then on, uh, I had thought about preaching that again tonight and then I think it was Brother Robin mentioned what Justin preached on last Wednesday was about storms and I thought, oh, I can't do it again. <laughs> so um, I, I still felt strongly about this passage and there was one particular thought in in both passages, but we'll, look, we'll mainly look at this one tonight, that I'm going to bring out and it's uh, to me it was very challenging. It was quite interesting to look at And I hope it will be a help to you and a blessing to you tonight. We do understand the significance of storms and how they do apply to us um, within the storms of life. Um, There is so much to learn about the greatness of God when we look at the storms in the Bible. In Mark here, we we, we see the passage, talks about how there was a great storm. Jesus was asleep in the boat. And when he woke, he calmed the storm and said, peace be still. And the storm ceased, and in, in in the book of Matthew, it's the passage where Jesus comes walking on the water, enters the ship, the storm is, is calmed, um, and Peter goes to goes to walk on the water to meet Jesus. So there's so much we can learn within these within these passages that talk about storms. These passages in the Bible are real events. They're not just an illustration, or they're not just something fanciful for us to try and maybe be entertained by it, but they're real events that took place. They're real events where, where people, especially in, in the book of Mark, where people felt threatened of life. They didn't know what was going on. Uh, they didn't understand why it was happening like that. They were very fearful of their very life, of drowning, of, of their ship being destroyed. And, uh, and we see the power of God in this. And the thing that I, wanted, that I wanna, I guess, talk about tonight is within this particular passage, the fact that Jesus was asleep on his pillow kind of shows me that the Lord seemed to take, a, I guess, a step of withdrawal within the situation. And then also in, in, in the book of Mark, when, uh, when, the, when the disciples found themselves on the ship, Jesus wasn't in the ship at that time. There was a step of withdrawal. The Bible says there that, that he sent them away, and he, the Bible actually says that he departed himself for a little while. So in both these particular storms, Jesus, one, Jesus wasn't in the boat, he had had withdrawn himself. The other one, even though Jesus was in the boat, he had still withdrawn himself as far as as participation with what was going on. He was asleep um, at the, uh, the Bible says, at the hinder part of the ship, and he was asleep on a pillow. It seems that the disciples had to go through a period of time to come to the conclusion that they can't fix the situation and only God can. And, I, and that's what I want to talk about tonight is, is this withdrawing of the Lord and then us coming to the, to the conclusion that we can't, but He can and there has to be a time of surrender to whatever God wants. And I think the surrender part that will be the thing that we talk about mainly. When the disciples realised that they couldn't and that Jesus could, when they finally come to Jesus and wake him up and say, hey, uh, don't you care that um, that we're going to perish? When When they stopped trying in their own strength and went to Jesus and surrendered to him, that's when Jesus started to work. That's when Jesus started to do great miracles. That's when Jesus' greatness started to shine. And I want to encourage us tonight that sometimes we have to come to a point where no matter what's going on around us, We sometimes just can't fix the situations. We can't work out the problems. We can't uh, fix things the way that we want to. And there needs to come a time where we say, yes, Lord, whatever you want, um, and then we allow God to work. This is usually quite hard because of our human nature. We find ourselves in situations, whether it's at work or at home or finances, and we get busy about trying to fix things. We get busy trying to work problems out. I know we all go through certain things, especially when it comes with other people, when there's conflict or when there's a a relationship. and We want to try and work it out ourselves and and, and we'll work very hard at trying to uh, make sure every base is covered to fix things. But sometimes we just have to come to the conclusion that we can't and God can. We watched a movie just just recently. I can't remember the name of it, but it was based on a true story about um, a family in South Africa. It was modern day. And um, this man had a very rough upbringing. He was, he, he was left um, uh, his parents left him. He was about seven years old, and he left him with um, a South African lady who, was very, uh, who who had a great walk with God. And she took him in and, and she brought him up in the, in the things of God. And through, through the process, through the processes of, processes of time, he, I guess, stopped his walk with God. Um, and, and went astray. And then later on in life, he got saved and, 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 and made things right with the Lord and, and started to walk a godly life. But through that, he got married and, and had a daughter. And when the daughter was in her mid-teens, both the mum and the daughter had a, had, a, um, they had a major car accident. And he was called and he, he was rushed off to the hospital to, um, to see them. And even though the wife come good quite quickly, the daughter was in a coma for quite a while. And there was a real storm, there was a real thing that was going on in his life. And not until the time he he come to the conclusion that he couldn't do anything but God can. Now, this man, he was angry at God. He was, he was someone that was walking well with God at that time, serving in his local church, being a blessing wherever he can. he had a fervency to honour God. And then this thing happened and he could not believe that God would allow this to happen. And he was very angry at God. He was very vehement against God that why would God allow this to happen? And through the processes of time, he'd come to the conclusion that he can't do anything about it. His daughter is in a coma. No matter how much he prays, God didn't seem to do anything. And it seemed like that same thing, there was a withdrawal of God for a period of time. It seemed like God was quiet. He didn't like, It seemed like he didn't get any answer to his prayer and then within the movie he he came to the bedside and he stood at the at the end of his daughter's bed and he prayed and said god whatever you want i can't do anything about this and i just surrender to whatever your will is and then obviously miraculously the daughter wakes up and she survives and but it just seemed to be at that point of surrendering to god that's when god worked this is based on a true story and then after that even though he had was confused and angry at God when he made things right and surrendered. When God helped the daughter, he then went on to become a pastor and is still pastoring in South Africa today. And it was a real encouragement just to see... uh, It was based on real events and I assume that that's what happened, but it kind of fit this as an illustration that God was silent for a little bit. It seemed like God withdrew himself a little bit until the man come to to the point... There was physically nothing he could do and all he could do was surrender and when that happened, God started to work. And I want to encourage you with that tonight. There are many other instances throughout the Bible you you see where God's waiting for something to happen, where people surrender, people go through certain things and at the very end, it seems like when there's nothing else can be done, God comes through. I've got four different... Instances that I, I just started thinking about, what other Bible situations do I know? And four come to mind really quickly, and I'm just going to mention them tonight. Think about in Daniel chapter 3, where the three Hebrew boys um, uh, were told they had to bow down to the image. And they made a, they made a decision that they weren't going to do that. And even though um, they were going to be cast into a fiery furnace, there was uh, they had to make a choice whether they whether they looked after themselves or they went and surrendered to God. And at the point of surrender to God, they realised that they were going to die or they thought they were going to die. And then when they were thrown in, that's when God stepped in. It seemed like if that was you, if you were honouring God with your life and then all of a sudden you were taken away and, and you were going to be put into prison or you were going to be put into a fire, wouldn't you start to think, what is going on? I'm here serving the Lord and this is happening? I don't understand this, it doesn't make any sense. But when we come to the conclusion that this is the situation I find myself in, all I can do is pray, God hasn't delivered me as yet, and if this is what's going to be my end, with there's nothing else I can do. And I believe these boys surrendered to whatever God was going to do, and when they were thrust into the fire, God came, and they were, as we learned just recently, they were unharmed, they were untouched, there was no smell of fire upon them a great illustration of God showing his power when somebody surrenders. I think about in Genesis 22, when Abraham was told um, to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. Now, I'm sure each one of us, if that was required of us or asked of us, we would have great pains and and fear and, 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 and surely we wouldn't have to do that. And we'd probably fight with God and wrestle with God and argue with God that this... I'm I'm happy to serve you. Maybe take my cat instead. Or I'm I'm happy to sacrifice the dog or or the budgerigar or or, uh, or the mother-in-law. No, not mother-in-law. But take anybody but my son. And I'm sure some of us might even say, please take me instead of my son. But it seemed like until Abraham came to the conclusion that, hey, this is what's going to happen, my will is surrendered to God, then God provided himself a ram. I think about both both Paul and Peter in Acts. They had to go through periods of storm with going through, um, in going through the prison system. They had to, to surrender to the Lord that this is, what was, um, uh, this is what God had for them. And in both situations, God, God brought them out through amazing circumstances. And then I think about in Luke chapter 5 when, when Jesus asked Simon to cast his net into the deep. Simon had had to make a choice, a surrender of his will, that even though he had toiled all night, um, that Jesus would know better. And once he did that, Jesus worked a miracle and brought in many fish. Are you seeing a pattern here? That it seems like through the circumstances of life, we get to points where people just can't do anything about it. And maybe you're in a situation like that. I've been in a situation, I haven't haven't shared this with, with, with too many, but with my new business, I, um, I come across a situation where um, part of my business is I recruit franchisees and we supply them with work. And I recently brought on a new franchisee. And through him listening to other people, he paid his money and he, he bought a business and we're getting ready to get him started. He decided, I don't want to do this. Decided, people were, some of his friends were saying, you've done the wrong thing. And he tried to get out of it. and. He'd already bought a business. To, to cut a long story short, legal action is now threatened against me. And if you know me, I, I panic and, oh, well, what's going to happen? I don't know, you know what's happening. I thought I'm doing the right thing. I'm, uh, I'm trusting the Lord that this business is, is what is for me, uh, is his will for me. And great fear and, and great trembling and, and unsurety of what's going to happen. And I come to the point or the conclusion that uh, there 's nothing i 've done that 's wrong uh, that's been I could even be deemed as, as shady or, or false or or trickery. Um, I was just following the processes of the business and I come to the point that there 's physically nothing I can do it 's totally in god 's hands and when I come to that conclusion, uh, a lot of peace come, I came through and a lot of the ability to start trusting the Lord where normally i 'd Trying to figure out how am I going to get out of this? What am I going to do? What steps, am I, what steps can I take? Where can I go with this? Who can I talk to? And all those fearful things that and that start to happen and well up inside you. When I decided to trust God, a great peace came. Now currently this has been going on for three months, and all I got was a letter from his solicitor saying, "Be prepared." And that's three months ago, and nothing's ever happened now. I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust the Lord. Um, it's not a, I, I see that it's not a major thing, but it's just a, a real-life situation that I found myself in. And I'd ask you to pray about that if you can. It's, it's one of those things. But um, there is a pattern here. When we trust the Lord, God can then work. So what are, so what are some benefits of, of surrendering? What happens when we do surrender the Lord? How does that help us? There are four simple things that I want to just briefly mention tonight and then we'll be done. When I think about surrendering, surrendering takes us out of first place and and puts God first. When we're in charge, when we're trying to figure things out, we're totally reliant on what we think. We're totally reliant upon our ability to understand and perceive what's going on. Some of us may be a lot more clever than others. Some might have a great mind to be able to work through problems and, and work things out and come out the other end. Others just really crumble and and, and and panic when things happen. But when we totally surrender to God, it what we're really doing is we're taking us out of the out of the position of first place and we're putting God in his right place. And when we do that, um, God can certainly work. And as the illustrations and as the and as the As the passages I mentioned tonight, when God is allowed to work, he can work. So surrender takes us out of place, out of first place and puts God in first place. I don't know about you, but this is difficult because for most of us, we like being in control. We don't like that, the feeling of not being in control and it becomes very scary, but But that's what has to happen. The second thing is when we surrender, it seems to fuel the power of God. And all these different illustrations, especially within the storm passages, when they come to Jesus and they said, hey, Master, don't you care that we're going to perish? When they finally come to him and when he gets up, it seems to, okay, you're going to trust me now. And he just says, storm, peace be still, quieten down. And it just seemed to be when they came to him, he was quite willing then to, okay, let's get the job done. And I want to encourage you tonight that when you surrender to God, it seems to fuel something within God. When you finally let go and say, God, whatever you want, God seems to step into work. Now, I'm not going to be bold enough to say that every time you do that, everything works out perfectly fine and everything goes your way because sometimes it still doesn't. And it still may not for me either. But it, it fuels God on. God seems to want to work when we let go of our will. Third thing is that surrendering to God brings a closeness to God. Think about when, um, when the storm was happening and, and they come to Jesus and they seemed like they were all alone. He didn't seem to care and there was that withdrawing. But when they finally called out and said, God, you need to be in control of this. Jesus quite eagerly came close. There was a a closeness again. Before he was withdrawn and when he was invited in by the surrender of their will, he came close and started to work. And and I don't know about you, but I really need the closeness of God. I need that, that assurance that he's there. I need that assurance that he is going to work. And we each need that as well. And I don't know what sort of circumstance that you're going through, but I would, I would encourage you to make sure that you surrender your will to his and allow him to draw close to you. That's part of, that's part of surrender is God comes close. Can you imagine what it would be like if you were the disciple and you went down to the bottom of the ship and said, hey, Jesus, don't, don't you care that we perish? And he just remained asleep and the waves got bigger and the boat started to maybe, to, maybe to split up and master, don't you care we perish? And he just rolls over and, pulls, and he pulls up his blanket and says, oh, come back later, guys. It doesn't seem very close at all. You would lose all trust. You would lose maybe respect for, for him for, for not being there for you. But when you do surrender, Jesus does come close. You can trust him. You can have respect for him. Fourth thing, and this is what I have certainly found that Surrender brings peace to the soul. While the storm was going on, the, the, the disciples certainly didn't have any peace. There was turmoil. They were afraid. They were fearful. They didn't know what was going to happen. That's why they went to Jesus. And then when the, calm, sorry, the, then when the storm was calmed, Jesus actually said the words, Peace, be still, and, and the wind ceased and the storm stopped. And immediately the disciples recognised what had happened and I'm sure they were probably thinking, Phew! I'm glad that's over. They were amazed at what Jesus did. And they commented, man, what manner of man is this that even the wind and and the seas obey him? How can this be? But I can definitely say that their hearts were like, I'm so glad he was here. And when you surrender to the Lord, no matter what happens, you can have that peace as well. Even if things don't go the way that you want it, you can still have peace that it is what God wanted for you all along. And in that movie, I think that's the point where the man come to. His daughter was laying there, lifeless. She was in a coma. And the point he made wasn't like, he he never said, God, if if you make it better, I'll serve you more and I'll become a pastor. That was the furthest from his mind. But what he did say was, Lord, I surrender to your will. I can't do anything. No matter what you do, I'm going to be happy with that. Even if my daughter was to die then I would, if that's what you really want, I'm, I'm ready to accept that. And I think that's part of surrendering. It's not just, God, I, I'll let you work it out, you better, but you better fix it the way I want. That's not surrender. Surrender says, God, no matter what happens, I will accept that, and I will be content with that, and I'll be happy that, that you've allowed that. And that's a tough thing to actually say. That's a tough thing to, to, want to, have, uh, to actually want to happen. And it makes me think, I wonder how often we miss out on things because we don't completely surrender. I wonder what God may be wanting to do with your life or in the circumstances you find yourself in. I wonder if God, you know He's there, but maybe He has just withdrawn a little bit and says, I'll just wait a little bit. I know you're struggling. I'm not, I'm not unkind. I'm not, I haven't turned a blind eye. But I wonder if he often says to some of us, I see what's happening, but you haven't surrendered. You're still trying to work it out. You're still fighting against me. I'm actually wanting this to happen because there's a lesson you need to learn in it. But you can't learn it until you surrender. And I wonder how often we hinder the working of God because we won't surrender. Because we just want to fight it and push it and struggle with it. I wonder if... You will surrender tonight to whatever God is doing in your life. Wonder if you'll come to that conclusion that says, "God, I don't like this situation that I find myself in, or I know something's coming very soon, or somebody's sick in my family, or, or there's something that is—I wish it wasn't so." I wonder what you need to what you need to surrender to. Maybe at that point, where if we come to that conclusion that yes, God, I, I can't do anything about this. I, I've tried. I've talked to as many people as I can. I've tried to follow the books and and the lesson plans and the things that people have been telling me, but it's just not working. I wonder what we need to surrender to tonight. And even, but we need to understand that if it doesn't go the way we're hoping, then that's what God wants anyway. And we need to be willing to accept that. So I'm going to pray. That's all I've got for you tonight. I hope that was a, a blessing. Um, certainly was for me when thinking about Jesus withdrawing a little bit. And I thought, in both, in both situations when Jesus sent the disciples across and said, I'm going to depart for a little while, and he knowing the storm was going to happen, and then him in the, in the ship being asleep, you know, when, when you read that, it just seems really odd. Why would he be asleep? Was he just, you know, just needed a, an extra power nap or something? I don't know, but it just seemed odd. And I thought, well, maybe there's more, maybe there's more to it than just him being asleep. And uh, we, have, we do serve a powerful God. Yeah. He can calm any storm. He can fix any problem. He can help you through the problems, even if you've got to go through it completely. He can certainly help you and bring you out a better a better Christian for it. So we'll pray, and then we'll get ready to do our our prayer time. Peter's going to come in just a sec. So let's close our eyes and we'll pray. Lord, we do thank you for your word tonight. I pray that you would just use it, even though I stumbled a bit on it, and I just pray that you would just take it and use it and encourage those that have been here tonight. Uh, Help us to surrender and help us to trust. And We look forward to what you might do in our lives this week. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.